Hello and welcome to Quilt Achieviate's Market Uncut podcast, your weekly insight into the topics and trends that we've been exploring for you here at Quilt Achieviate. Remember, so you don't miss future episodes, to be sure to hit the follow button on whichever streaming platform you're listening on or by following hashtag QC Weekly Comment on LinkedIn. I'm your host, Fraser Wilkinson, Investment Manager at Leeds, based out of our Leeds office. This week, I'm pleased to be joined by Ben Barringer, Equity Research Analyst here at Quilt Achieviate. Good morning. Well, it's been quite a week last week, and uh, there's a lot coming up this week. Uh, I think one of the main things that is capturing attention is debt levels in the UK and the US. Uh, Government debt seems to be rising inexorably higher. According to the Office for National Statistics, the UK government debt equates to £38,615 per person, per man, woman and child. Uh, The USA is not to be outdone, and according to the US Department of Treasury, the US federal debt has risen from $1.6 trillion since the 1st of July. That's $4,771 additional borrowing per US citizen in about three months. In total, US federal debt equates to $100,226 per citizen, and it certainly doesn't feel like spending is about to drop. It doesn't feel like a huge increase in taxes will fill the gap either. So we are looking at a huge amount of fresh government borrowing, both in the UK and USA, uh, to be required. Unfortunately, at the same time, we're in a new interest rate paradigm. Gone are the days of 0.1% base rates, and current base rates in the UK are 5.25%. Simply paying the interest on this debt will be more expensive going forward, which is likely to lead to even more borrowing required. At the same time, we are in a fight against high inflation, and we appear to be facing higher for longer interest rates. As a result, we've noticed fixed return assets like government and corporate bonds, as well as assets that produce most of the return through an annual income, such as infrastructure and utilities, have been very much out of favour as their price has had to adjust downwards to a point where their annual income is attractive compared to available cash rates. Now, in contrast, growth assets have been relatively more favoured recently, particularly with revenues often rising in relation to general inflation. So as a result, I'm delighted to have our technology equity analyst here, Ben, for the viewpoint on what is often viewed as the ultimate growth asset, technology shares. So as a first question, Ben, can I ask how rising interest rates and high inflation recently have affected the valuation of technology shares generally? Yeah, good morning, Fraser. And yeah, thanks for the question. Thanks for having me on. Um, Yeah, so look, rates are super important to long duration assets and very high growth, uh, often unprofitable tech has long duration. And so it is a very much a key feature uh, when you're looking at technology. Let me just summarise how I think about things you need to think about in terms of tech investing. You need to think about the fundamentals of the business, you know, what's happening to the top line, what's happening in terms of macro, because tech is cyclical, uh, but also in terms of, you know, what gearing to, to profitability they're getting as well. So fundamentals are very important. The second thing that's important is the how tech compares and the growth in tech compares to other areas of the market. And we saw that during COVID in 2021, you know, tech had very strong growth driven by us all using PCs and and uh, the cloud and, and so forth uh, versus you know most other sectors that were not growing. So tech did very well. Uh, back in 2022, you know, that situation reversed a little bit in the sense that there were lots of sectors of the economy that were recovering. Travel was a very good example. 
but there was also, you know, quite a lot of energy growth in the energy stocks as well um, as, as energy prices rose. And so that meant tech underperformed. Um, as we came to 2023, you know, tech has re-established its sort of growth premium over other sectors. And so we watch that very closely as we head into 2024. So that's relative growth. Then the final piece is obviously interest rates. And interest rates, as I say, are, are a discounting mechanism, particularly for long duration assets. And we have to be quite careful in tech because the very, very long duration uh, assets, so the very high growth, often small software companies that are often unprofitable and are just going out and out growth, are not a particularly desirable area for us. You know, we much prefer growth at a reasonable price. You know, companies that are growing something between 10 and 20 percent, but have reasonable valuations, have often cash on the balance sheet and good levels of profitability. There, you could go really short duration, in which case you could go into some of the cheaper technology shares. The problem with with value investing in technology is often you're investing in companies that are being disrupted by newer companies. And so the earnings that they apparently are going to make, you know, that make them very, very cheap are often often declining or, or being disrupted. And so you have to be quite careful. So we try and occupy this middle ground as sort of a, a medium duration uh, within tech. But yeah, look, interest rates are a, a issue for for tech investors and in fact you know that that uh, move up in bond yields recently hasn't really been fully reflected in the nasdaq so it's certainly a risk um, as we look into 2024 mm. balance is key as ever absolutely <laughs> to the casual observer your sector can often be viewed as all very similar which i know you'd vehemently deny because in reality there's a whole ecosystem of different assets from I guess, highly speculative growth shares to solid dependable earners, as you've discussed. Could you perhaps give our listeners a flavour of the different types of business we can choose from within the tech sector that we buy? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I'd probably break it into five simple subsectors. The first one would be software. Uh, and again, you get these very high growth software companies, and then you get sort of more dependable software companies, companies like Microsoft or Intuit or Salesforce, which which we quite like. Uh, also within that, you get companies like cybersecurity, which, which we really like as an area uh, as well. The second area would be some of the cloud infrastructure providers. So that's companies like Amazon with its AWS offering. It's like Microsoft with its uh, Azure offering and then Google with its Google Compute uh, platform as well. So you know, the cloud has been a structural drive, a structurally growing area of tech. Uh, so that would be my second area. The third area would probably be semiconductors. Um, semiconductors obviously used in all kinds of different um, applications. They, they're used in, in PCs, laptops, uh, they're used in smartphones, they're used in the cloud and, and, and so on and so forth. And, and so semiconductors, you know, very, really saw that big shortage during during COVID. That's starting to, to sort of rebalance now. Um, and the problem with semiconductors is there's a, always a trying to find the balance between demand and supply is quite difficult. Demand varies, obviously, with, with demand for the for, for uh, the end products uh, and it is, is macro sensitive but supply because it's quite you know to build a fab uh, fab is a, a factory that makes semiconductors to build it takes about three years and costs upwards of 10 billion dollars and so to do that is quite chunky and so you get these very uh, chunky supplied additions and supply contractions within um, within semiconductors and so the the driver or the balancing item is always price between supply and demand but it can make 
basically semiconductor is quite volatile. Three areas you really need to think about within semiconductors. I always think of this like the brain, really. Uh, you've got logic, which is the bit that does all the compute, all the all the, all the processing. You've got memory, like we have in our brain, that, that, that holds on to the data or stores all the data. And then you've got sensors that that basically you know give inputs and sometimes outputs uh, to to the brain. So think of it like the the eyes and your hands and and, and ears and so forth. So um, that's semiconductors. Uh, the the fourth and fifth piece, I, I think, is is sort of the digital advertising side. So that's companies like Google and Facebook, now, now Meta. Um, you've also got Netflix in that bucket. You've also got smaller digital advertising companies like Pinterest, Snapchat, um, and then companies that are more regional. So companies like Auto Trader or Rightmove in the UK. So that's the internet piece. Uh, and then finally, um, consumer electronics, right? So companies like Apple, Samsung, uh, companies like Hewlett Packard that mainly make you know PC, uh, PCs, laptops, Dell, things like that. So yeah, that's how I would portion it into those five pieces. And within that, you've got a whole spectrum of growth and profitability. Our general way of trying to find companies is looking for companies that can deliver that 10 to 20% growth year in, year out, and sort of hold their multiple. The simplest way to think about it, Fraser, is if I can find a company that's growing 20%, that stays at the same sort of valuation, year in, year out, they the share price should grow 20%. Not quite that simple, but that's a simple way of thinking about it. Absolutely, that's what we're after. <laughs> now uh, we're very lucky to have you at the moment because uh, we're right in the middle of uh, earnings season um, for your uh, sector, and so we've got a, a lot of results have come out recently, and a, and a few more this week. Can I ask so far what are your highlights, and uh, what do we have to look out for for the rest of the week? Yeah, look, so so last week, the main highlight was probably Netflix. Netflix delivered um, a much better than expected set of numbers. Remember, Netflix has been growing very strongly, you know, up until COVID. COVID was then the perfect, you know, environment. If you didn't have Netflix during COVID, you know, that was you're probably never going to have Netflix. And so that uh, meant that their subscriber numbers topped out and they stopped growing. They've since decided to do two things. The first one is clamp down on password sharing because at the time, or a couple of years ago, they had about 220 million subscribers and they have indicated that there were a further 100 million subscribers who or, or users of the service that weren't actually paying for it. So my parents, for example, and I'm sure you've all got people who who use your Netflix account. Those were those were uh, uh, people who could potentially be uh, come onto the service and be, be paid. So that's the first driver. And they've started to to sort of pull that lever. Uh, and so that's helping subscriber growth. The second area is that you will be aware that Netflix doesn't have adverts at the moment and that's one of the benefits of the service but they've also in these you know cash strap times introduced a service that is ad supported so you pay less money uh, but you also you see adverts pretty much like traditional television but on the uh, on the internet so it's it's very much a, a move back if you will to more traditional type of more traditional type of television but but with advertising just just being streamed and so that they're starting to see a benefit from that so that was the real highlight uh for me you had sort of in the semiconductor area, you had a business called ASML, which makes the machines that make semiconductors. And you had TSMC, the world's largest foundry, the world's largest maker of, of semiconductors. They're a bit more muted in their outlook because um, macro 
economics still haven't improved for them. They've seen the downswing and this adjustment in supply and demand, but the um, the macro is still an uncertainty for them. So people are people are waiting to see how 2024 works out for them. So those would be the highlights and the lowlights, Fraser. What have we got to look out for coming up? Yeah, absolutely. So look, this is a big week for uh, for tech earnings. Um, we've got companies like Microsoft, Meta, Google, Amazon, and we've also got Apple soon as well. So, so let me try and you know talk you through some of the key things I'm going to be looking for in these results. The first one is obviously, you know, what's top line revenue growth looking like uh, during Q3, but also into Q4 and then into 2024 as well. And I think there are three things you need to think about in terms of top line for the big tech companies. First of all, what is, you know, IT spending looking like? Um, macro, you know, IT is a cyclical and so IT spending has been coming down from about five percent to around two and a half three percent uh, but you know is this is there further downside in that or has it stabilized and we think it's stabilized from looking at CIO surveys the second area would be uh, cloud growth you know I, I mentioned that this is a big structural change in terms of IT uh, and companies like Microsoft Azure and Google compute should report um, cloud growth of around 25%, something like that. The biggest player in the market is actually Amazon Web Services. That should be about 12%, something like that. But what we're really looking for is, you know, what's been the drive from um, AI, but also, you know, how much has macro impacted um, cloud spending? Because again, it is cyclical. The third thing that's going to impact uh, top line is for the companies like Google and Meta, and that's digital advertising. What have been the trends in digital advertising. And actually, there's been quite a big shift continuing from traditional linear television, so uh, over across to digital. Um, and also, you know, quite a lot of particularly consumer goods companies, their advertising budgets have been pretty good. So Google's expected to, to report something like a 10% uh, revenue growth, uh, Meta probably more like 20% as they introduce uh, things like reels and threads into their, into their product lineup. Um, second thing I would like to talk about is, is, is AI, because that's been a huge driver of tech through 2023. Um, the big things we're going to be looking at is Microsoft, and, and they've got their uh, release of their Copilot set of products. So Office Copilot, so Word, PowerPoint, Excel, and so on, are going to have generative AI infused into them. And they're going to be charging $30 per month per user uh, for that product. What's going to be the uptake of that? You know, Are people seeing the real benefit to pay that? what could be described as quite a chunky increase in price for for using the office suite um second area for in terms of ai demand would be you know how is that is ai being used in digital advertising uh, particularly for increasing targeting uh, and improving content uh, generation uh, and then um you know what have been what's been the availability of the semiconductors to do ai because you know the the the, the key company that's been able to produce the chips is, is NVIDIA with their GPUs. You know, can these big cloud providers get hold of the GPUs from NVIDIA? And what efforts are they making to diversify away from the dominance that, that NVIDIA has, you know, either doing their own chips or using other suppliers like AMD? Final piece I would think that I'm looking at is cost growth. Um, you know, what are the capital expenditure plans for these for these uh, companies? Typically, capital expenditure for the big cloud companies and tech companies has been running at about fifteen percent. Um, but you know, what does that mean for? And what's the mix of that? What you know, what are the signs for the, the various component suppliers? Also, during 2023, we've seen quite 
a, a high degree of agility in terms of cost management from the big tech companies. I think it's one of the key reasons why we like them. Um, and you've seen big headcount reductions at, at companies uh, like Meta. Uh, Google's also had some, Microsoft as well. You know, what's the trend into 2024? Are we going to see further headcount reductions? Or actually, it seems like there is a little bit of a sign of, of employment in tech in, improving a little bit. So that's close to, close to be watched. But, you know, you know I think investors are largely content with what's happened in 2023 everybody's focus as is often the case at this time of the year moves into what's going to happen in 2024 and obviously you know investment is all about thinking what's going to happen in the future and where the puck is going to be uh 2024 i think is now going to be the focus well double digit revenue growth sounds uh, a good start to me um so yeah sounds sounds pretty exciting for some of those stocks um, now, last question. Sadly, our ever-present geopolitical tensions seem to have erupted into full min military conflict in various parts of the world recently. Um, can I ask what part the tech sector is doing in efforts to make the world a safer place? Yeah, unfortunately, Fraser, you know, geopolitics is an increasingly important part of our of, of our job, and um, you know, we have this issue with semiconductors and the the, the geopolitical. Um, tensions between the US and China, um, we, which are making some restrictions on various um, uh, chips into China. We also have the, you know, the potential conflict in, in Taiwan as well, you know, TSMC, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company is, uh, is the largest provider of chips. And so any invasion or, or disruption in, in Taiwan would be would be a big issue. And then yeah, look, moving to the more more current issues, Israel is a, a, a big tech hub. Uh, and so there are quite a few companies that have uh, R&D centers, particularly uh, in, in Israel. And so that's a you know a problem for, for some companies, actually, particularly the cybersecurity companies. A lot of there's a lot of um, know how that comes out of uh, technology out of Israel as it relates to cybersecurity. So. Uh, we don't actually have any Israeli companies uh, under coverage, so it's not a direct impact. But, you know, there is going to be some disruption to a few companies in terms of making the world a safer place. You know, there's not a lot of um, defense spending. There's, you know, it's a, it's a small part of overall semiconductor uh, manufacturing. I, I, would, I would argue, you know, where tech does play a role is certainly in cybersecurity. And, you know, cyber warfare is increasingly, you know, a a weapon of war. Um, so, you know, this, it's one of the reasons that we think cybersecurity is, is a really great place to invest. You know, cybersecurity budgets generally go up um, because the threat of in cybersecurity is constantly evolving uh, because ultimately the adversary is a is a human and they are constantly evolving and so the threat has to evolve and so you find that uh, tech budgets for cybersecurity go up uh, but they rarely go down and because the risk is is constantly increasing so yeah i, I would argue that that cyber is probably the best way to uh, to ca to characterize the way that tech makes the uh, the world a safer place well thank you very much ben for those great insights and to all of you for listening did you enjoy our discussion on the podcast today? We'd love to hear from our listeners. So please review the show now, wherever you're listening, and share it on your socials and tag us at Quilt Achieviot. To make sure you don't miss a future episode, tap the subscribe button. We will be back next Tuesday. And in the meantime, head over to our website, quiltachieviot.com, where you can read the accompanying market overview as well as subscribe to our weekly comment newsletter. You can also stay up to date with our thoughts on market news, industry insights, and our upcoming events and webinars on our website or our social media pages.
And finally, do you have any questions that you'd like to ask one of our experts for our next podcast? Simply ask them via the weekly comments page on our website, and we'd love to hear your questions. That's it for today. So thank you, Ben, and your time today, and all of you for listening. See you next time.